Hello, and welcome back to the Bug and Rug podcast. As always, my name's Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And today, Whitney is going to tell me a story that may or may not keep me up at night. Since it is the Halloween season, I'm assuming it's going to, but let's hope that we will all still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. You're jumping right into it, man. I am. We usually forget to say it at the beginning, so I want to get one good take of it at the very beginning. That's fine, but I had like a really good question prepped for you. You can still ask it. Okay, so here's my question. Since uh, sport ball is back, despite the COVID (laughs) pandemic. You said sport ball and I immediately was like, what what are you talking about? (laughs) All the sport ball is back? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want you to answer um, whether or not you think that the Monstars would be able to beat uh, Adam Sandler and his team from the longest yard. In no. basketball. Uh, it, it'd be close because... Or football. Yeah, but half those guys on that team played basketball for... Or played... Yeah, played basketball yeah, first. Yeah, Nelly, right? Yeah, and then he brought all those other guys with him. Mm-hmm. Nelly was only the first one. There is such similar chaotic energy, I feel like, yeah. that it would be a very close game. Not the Looney Tunes. The monsters. No, I, you, yeah. <laughs> Lola Bunny would still kick their ass. Oh, Lola Bunny was the best one on both teams. Like, hands down. She actually had, what? Better than Michael Jordan. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> she was still better. You're right. She was still better. She was focused because Michael Jordan, yeah, he was with the Looney Tunes for a while. I feel like he was still distracted by the whole cartoon idea mm-hmm. while she was focused and ready and prepared. She should have been team captain. I don't know if they had a team captain, but it should have been her. I think we're all in agreement on this. Next question. Follow-up question. Sure. Do you remember what was Michael's secret stuff? Was it an actual thing? What liquid was it? Sweat? I thought it was just water. <laughs> I don't know. Someone sweat? I don't, I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was, and he just tricked him into it or something like that, right? Yeah. I don't remember. See, Lola didn't even need to drink any of this special stuff. No. She was just like, guys, let's go. Follow up to the follow up. Yeah. What did Bugs and Jappy have to steal from Michael's house that he needed before he could play? Do you know the answer to this? Mm-hmm. I don't. I remember them like in the hallway under the rug or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. He wanted his shoes, okay. and I think the other thing was basketball shorts. Oh, okay, okay. Well, we need to watch it because I don't remember. I'm pretty sure they have like a Cindy Lou Who moment with one of his kids, like a nah, yeah, kid, go back to bed. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. They open the wrong door or something. Run into the or dog. Or the dog, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about Space Jam today. Oh, well then, I was going to say, if we talked about that, I'd be able to sleep as snug as a bug easy. No, I thought I'd start you off with something um, nice and cheerful. Nice and cheerful. <laughs> And then dive into something way too close to home. Okay. And uncomfortable. First, I want to thank Kyle for the suggestion for a story. She gave us a good list of things. Mm -hmm. And this is the one I picked because of the time frame we're in. Okay. So, um, I want to take you uh, about... 10 minutes across the way from where we live currently to Bel Air, Ohio. (laughs) 10 minutes across the way. 
over the woods and over the, the river, river over the you river. don't want to go through the river because you'll get all wet literally over the over the river over the river and through the river <laughs> <laughs> or through the or through the river over the river and through the island okay uh so we're going to bel-air ohio which okay. is a small quiet town of about four thousand residents situated across the river from where we live in wheeling west virginia okay like any other small town football is usually the main conversation amongst neighbors in bel-air ohio i know that that's not the sport ball that we hey i did tie it back in <laughs> sport ball sport ball yeah yeah you did i know that we're not big football people yeah um it depends in what context you're talking about football what context do you like talking about football <laughs> i don't care if people watch it i just mascots you like the mascots. i like the mascots i don't care if people celebrate it whatever but if we go a little heavier into it's a god-given gift to this planet that everybody should enjoy that's where i'm drawing the line <laughs> there's other sports out there and this is a deep-seated anger that comes from high school because we played multiple sports but the football team got first choice for field when they hadn't won a game in five years when the women's and men's soccer teams were winning conferences but you know we could put all that behind us for this episode and then i'm gonna pick it right back up (laughs) (laughs) i need you to uh, i need you to put that up on a shelf for a minute put it in a shoebox put it up on a shelf okay leave it there for about an hour sure 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 it's gone anyway so, um, football is the main topic of conversation in Bel Air, Ohio. I'm assuming I don't live there. <laughs> yeah, I, well, from what I've read, they like their football. This area is pretty big on football. American football. Mm, not if it was soccer, I'd be on board. Not the good kind of football. <laughs> know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, oh, no! Cut that out! Cut that out! Cut that out! <laughs> so, anyway, back in September of 1995. Uh, football was the big talk of the town, you would think, because uh, the local high school team had just won its fifth consecutive game, so everybody's wow. pretty hyped up. For Bel Air? Yes. Okay. However, the town was turned upside down due to shock and fear at events that they never could have believed happening in so close to home. Bel Air's high school football coach himself, John Magistro, at the time told Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, which is a newspaper, quote, every town once in a while, I guess, has something bizarre happen, but nothing like this. This is as bizarre as it gets. Okay. We're starting to turn the wheel into uncomfortable town, but I haven't figured out what lane we're getting off on. There's a few lanes. Okay. There's a few lanes. You pick one as we go. We're on the interstate now. We're going to get off the exit. Then we're going to turn down into a rural high street and then onto a dirt road and then onto a gravel road. We're actually going to turn on to Margie Avenue. Oh. So, situated on Margie Avenue in Bel Air, it was the home of the Brooks family in 1995. Brooks? Brooks. B-R-O-O-K-S. So sorry. It's okay. So, uh, Marilyn was 52. Mary, she was a pension clerk for the United Mine Workers of America. And she was married to Terry Brooks, 53, a local mailman. They were married, as I said, and had three sons. Jamie, who was 24, married and lived in Columbus, Ohio at the time. Okay. Nathan, who was 17, uh, he played football, I believe, off and on. And then Ryan, who was 16, uh, the youngest, but a little more popular than his brother, Nathan. Sure. I mean, I feel that, right? Because I was more popular than you. (laughs) Get out of here! (laughs) Just kidding. Just because it's true doesn't mean you have to say it. (laughs) It's absolutely not true. (laughs) Although the rumors eventually spread that their family might have been less than picturesque, 
to most people is a loving run-of-the-mill family sure i mean i'm sure a lot of families aren't picturesque once you get to know them probably not probably most aren't what does picturesque even mean what is normal I'm getting poetic <laughs> what can i say so from the outside they were a pretty normal looking family jamie like i said was married lived in columbus with his wife while ryan and nathan were finishing out their high school years in their hometown of bel-air nathan was always described as being polite and quiet who pretty much kept to himself why ryan was a little bit more popular according to some people okay so on the night of September 30th, Ryan attended a football game and wanted to spend the night at his friend's Eric's house a few blocks away. Okay. Now, he was always at Eric's house. Uh, Eric's mom, Pat, their last name was Barity, B-A-R-A-T-I-E. So Pat Barity, she said he was always over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were best friends. Right. So Ryan attended the football game with Eric and then called his parents asking for permission to stay the night at Eric's house because it was late. It was like 1.45. Oof. Okay. So, as uh, a parent, you go, yes. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> leave um, me alone. Let, leave me to sleep. <laughs> Just let me snooze, boy. Let me snooze. It's already that late. Yeah. Like, it's already 1.45. Yeah, they're already together. Obviously... Well, I don't know if they drove separately, but at that point, it's just like, yeah, just get to somebody's house. And stay. And stay there. Uh, so he called his parents' house asking for permission, but actually his brother Nathan answered the phone. Nathan told Ryan his parents actually wanted him to come home and he was not allowed to stay the night. Okay. So when Ryan was done hanging out, he kind of milked it a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. And um, had Eric drive him home around 3 a.m., so they were just dicking around for an hour and a half. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> okay. Basically. <laughs> so on their way home, some reports say that they passed Ryan's mother's car, which would have been Marilyn. Okay. Uh, her car going towards Eric's house. Okay. And the boys thought, oh, she's probably mad and was like, I told you to come home right right now. And it's been an hour and a half, Mm -hmm. boy, where you at? Right. So he's like, well, I'm going to get home before her. Right. And And then then I'll act like I've been asleep this whole time. (laughs) Maybe, but uh, they kind of decided, you know, Pat, uh, Eric's mom will, you know, turn her around and be like, they already left. Sure. So they just kept going towards the house. Then Eric dropped Ryan off Mm -hmm. and he headed home. Right. So in the meantime of this happening... Uh, Miss Pat Barity is awakened by a frantic knock on the door of her home. Okay. So this is Eric's mom. Sure. So uh, it's the house the boys just left. At 3 a.m. At 3 a.m. there's a frantic knock on the door. And she's like, what is going on? Grabbing your baseball bat and tiptoeing downstairs. She's like upset. (laughs) Who's there? So she opens the door to a familiar face, uh, that of Nathan Brooks, Ryan's brother. Okay. He's standing there out of breath and is like, Miss Barity, where is Ryan? Right. I need I need to see Ryan. I've come to pick him up. I've I've come to get Ryan. Yeah. I don't know what he said. He was looking for Ryan. Right. And uh Miss Barity said, Listen, Nathan, it's three AM. <laughs> Your brother's already going home. Eric already drove him there. It's three AM. I gotta go to sleep. I work in the morning. I was asleep was but it was probably Friday night. So I work on the weekends. It's fine. You're right. You're absolutely right. She's like, you need to leave. Yeah. I need to go back to bed. Sure. You're not here. Okay. So she basically shooed him off. And the, she later told the Post-Gazette, uh, the Pittsburgh newspaper, that, quote, it wasn't unusual for Nathan. Ryan was over there all the time, she said. And 
Nathan would do weird things. He had been really strange in the last couple of years, and it seems like from her interview, it's not the first time he showed up at her house in the middle of the night looking well, for Ryan. Well, if they've, if Nathan said come home and it was one forty-five, and then Ryan's, it doesn't seem like it's the first time that Ryan's been like, "You said I couldn't spend the night. You never said what time to be home. What time to be <laughs> home?" And so then the parents are like, "Nathan, go get your brother. This is ridiculous. We work in the morning." <laughs> <laughs> He's been out way too late. Right, right, up right. anyway. Right. So anyway, uh, Miss Pat Barony shooed Nathan off. Some reports say that he said, by the way, can I borrow some of Eric's clothes? And then went and changed before leaving the house. Her interview with the newspaper does not say this. Other sources say that this happened. That's weird. So it's really strange. I don't yeah. know if it happened or not. They all share clothes all the time. I guess he's only a year older than the other yeah. two, right? So I'm sure all three of them have hung out at some point, mm. so she didn't really think anything of it. Yeah, I mean, he could be like, I spilled a drink on me on the way here. Can I borrow yeah. an Eric's shirt? Yeah, yeah. Or, um... I Eric- peed all over myself. <laughs> sure, yeah. Why not? <laughs> so, um, anyway, as I said, in the meantime of this happening, mm-hmm. Ryan has been dropped back off at his own home. Right. So, uh, this is the Brooks residence. Right, and- so Ryan is walking to his doorstep. Eric has left, but Nathan is at Eric's house now-ish. Looking for them. Right. Yes. Yeah. Ryan waves goodbye to Eric, goes inside, and he's met with an absolutely horrific scene. Oh, no. Now, time jump to Eric getting back home to his own house. Sure. Which was probably not that far away. It wasn't that far. Yeah. And he realizes he has a missed call from a frantic Ryan. Okay. Props to him for not uh, talking on the phone while driving. I don't know that cell phones were a thing at this time. But that means that he called the house and Pat didn't answer. So listen, <laughs> listen. Hold on. I'm just reporting to you what he I He had read. a missed aim message from a friend. He had uh, three emails and a Webkins message <laughs> from Ryan. No, no. Anyway, okay. uh, Ryan was frantic. We shouldn't be laughing. It sounds like something terrible is going to happen. It did, already. Oh. So, uh, he calls Ryan back, who is absolutely frantic, and says to Eric, um, I got home, and my mother and father have been murdered. Ooh. Terry and Marilyn are dead. Right. And he's freaking out. Okay. So. As would anybody. Uh, Eric grabs his father and says, we gotta get over there. Yeah. Something, I don't know if this is true, but mm-hmm. Ryan's freaked out. We gotta yeah. go. We gotta go check on him. They did a Yui once again in the parking, in the they driveway. Take off. And they go back to Ryan's house. Okay. To the Brooks residence. Sure. So they walk in. They verify, yes, Ryan is telling the truth. His parents are dead. Right. And they take Ryan mm-hmm. to the lo- the nearby fire station to call 911. Sure. I cannot recall whether or not the phone lines had been cut oh. or if they were just like, we're leaving this house. We don't know who did this or where they might be. Yeah. I was going to say there's a few... I mean, we don't recall when cell phones were invented. Obviously, we've already made that point. But even if they did have a cellular device that they could use in that house, oh, why would you? Why would you? (laughs) So they took Ryan. They're like, you can't stay here by yourself. Yeah. So they went to the fire station. They called the police. Okay. They also, when they got to the fire station, Eric made a phone call to his mother, Pat, and said, listen, we don't know what's going on. Yeah. But Nathan's not here, and there are two dead bodies. Right. We don't know where he is. Yeah. 
and also we don't know who did this yeah get out of the house right just leave get get to where we are get yeah. somewhere safe get out of the house yeah because they're starting to think this is really strange yeah nathan wanted him to come home and then he's gone it's yeah really weird the car's missing right but his parents are here dead yeah something's very wrong here well and also like even if even if Nathan wasn't a suspect at this point, it would have been nice just to have another adult that you knew around because mm-hmm. the dad's probably talking to police and mm-hmm. the fire department. Yeah, yeah, the fire department people can probably comfort you, but you don't know them. So if the mom gets there, one person can be talking to the boys while the other one's talking to the police, you know. I also imagine that when I describe the scene to you that Ryan walked home to, yeah, he had a good reason to think... Uh, who did it right well i mean he would know his brother better than anyone mm-hmm. and if his brother wasn't there it's either he's been kidnapped he's injured and went somewhere else like left the house and is somewhere or mm-hmm. he did it like there's not yeah. many options there's not many options but because they knew he was at home yeah and regardless no one knows who where nathan is right and um pat's at home by herself Mm-hmm. Amongst these things happening, yeah, uh, the court, a judge, issues a gag order and says there will be no photographs released to the media and there will be no interviews with the media, which means that prior to this happening, the only people to see the scene before the police went in were Eric, yeah. Ryan, and Eric's father. Right. It's interesting, does it, like, how do you get, this is just a sidebar that mm-hmm. I know you're probably not going to know the answer to, but... It is fascinating to me that it seems like it happened very quickly mm-hmm. that a judge was already able to issue a gag order. I think this is a small town, and I think as they're the pl- fire station calling yeah. the police, the police are probably walking up to the scene and going, holy shit. The district attorney judge and all that are like, oh, we've been contacted. Nobody talk. Yeah, nobody talks until we get this under control. Yeah. And also until we find Nathan. Right, 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 right. Where we're at right now, the police are about to enter the house. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, Eric, and his father are at the fire station. And the mom. Pat is getting, got this phone call from Eric. And oh. she goes. Oh, she, she's not there yet. She, she, no, she, so she's at her house and she gets this phone call and she goes, Nathan was just here looking for Ryan. <gasps> and he was like super out of breath and sweaty. Yeah. Which is not super unusual for him. But he, he was ran like, here. no, seriously, where's Ryan? Yeah. And in her mind, she starts thinking... He's looking for Ryan. Did he do this and he came here yeah. to then kill Ryan? So now, everybody's like, okay, we gotta find Nathan. We gotta find Nathan and we cannot be by ourselves. Yeah, and everybody... <laughs> Pat, get out of the house. Pat, get out of the house. The call's coming from inside the house, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> the murderer was inside your house, Pat. Get out. So, anyway, back to the Brooks residence. He's just out for a jog at the, four in the morning. He drove his mom's car. He took it. Just kidding. So, as the police enter the scene, they discover the most gruesome crime scene in Bel Air's history. I'm sure. It's a small town. Yeah. Hopefully there's not that many. I would hope not. Uh, So, the house is absolutely covered in blood. Upstairs in Terry and Marilyn's bedroom, they found the decapitated body of Terry Brooks in his bed with his arms above his torso. He was covered in blood. Next to him was Marilyn who was covered in a blood-stained comforter with a long knife embedded in her right side above her waist. Marilyn's body had also been chopped repeatedly with what seemed to be uh, markings from an axe. Damn. 
Several nails and a ball-peen hammer were actually uh, also found at the foot of the bed, but they didn't find any markings in either of their bodies to suggest that they had been used. Okay. Um, now, in and, and this is a little bit different whether or not it was in the living room or in Nathan's bedroom. Okay. There was a wooden chair with a punch bowl sitting on it. Within that punch bowl was um, Terry's head. <laughs> Hmm. which is an interesting place to put a head. You always kind of see it in the movies. Like, I I feel like that's like a a thing in scary movies. Like Like you see eyeballs or, or yeah, heads. Oh, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, Next to the head in some reports, it says that there was a mask with a circular hole in it and maybe some cuttings as well um, in the, in the bowl. Not like it was on the head. Right. It's just like also in the bowl. In the with bowl. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Terry's skull, once removed from the punch bowl, was found to have three bullet holes in it made by the family hunting rifle. Jesus. Uh, shot from point blank range. Was the mom shot? She was not. Hmm. In Nathan's room, police found a collage of satanic imagery, Mm. several books on Satanism and its practice, a book about Jeffrey Dahmer, a pentagram, the rifle, the axe, and several knives. It's not looking too good. Perhaps the most disturbing was a list of names left sitting near the items. At first, the authorities would not confirm or deny the existence of the list, but the public was in a state of absolute panic when rumors began to spread of a hit list that may or may not exist. They wanted to know, you know, who could the next targets be if this right. is true. Nobody has found Nathan. Um, it's interesting, though, because in my mind, when as you're telling me this, and now you're saying there's a hit list, If he's obviously trying to get his own family. So it's not people, I mean, I guess I, unless he hates his family. But I'm like, in my mind, it's people he's close with. So the next people in my mind that he would go to would be Eric and Pat and the dad. Nathan's not really close with them. Okay. Because I was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they kind of were growing up, but as time went on, it was more like Ryan and Eric and Nathan was more on the of outside. a loner sure, a little sure. bit. Okay, that makes more sense. But I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, target outside of Right. So the list at one point was within the rumors um, was thought to have up to 30 names on it. Oof. Uh, however, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. Okay. So, uh, almost immediately, the town canceled trick-or-treat. They're like, the first thing we're doing is canceling trick-or-treat. Okay. Well, I don't know why. That's a... Wait. I know. I know. I know. Okay. (laughs) That's what they did. Okay. Uh, Bel Air City Councilwoman Lou Ann Bennett said, quote, everyone was worried that these devil worshippers would do something to the kids. No one knew for sure. No one knew that satanic stuff was taking place around here. Bennett's daughter, Bobby Jo, was a classmate and supposed friend of Nathan's and was absolutely shocked when she learned of what had happened. Bennett said that her daughter, she would sit and talk to Nathan in the library and he never mentioned anything about murder or Satan and never tried to, quote, recruit her. She said they would sit and talk about school and classmates, uh, but none of those other subjects ever came up. That's because it's not... Again, you see this in a lot of movies where, like, a murder happens and the town's, like, it's devil worshippers, right? Or, like, a cult or something. And I feel like, in this case, yes, he had all those things, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a group or a cult. It could just Mm -hmm. be that he's reading that stuff. He's got mental 
an, a mental illness of some sort, right? And so he's coming up with these ideas in his mind based on what he's reading. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean there's other people out there doing it. Yeah. Well, at this point, the town didn't know, and they've never dealt with a situation like yeah. this before. I yeah. totally get you. I was frustrated, too. But yeah. I'm just, like, telling you from their perspective. They're like... No, it makes sense. I'm just thinking of, like, criminal minds. <laughs> <laughs> like, Listen, like, let's be honest. You're talking about criminal minds. Yeah, let's be honest. That's what I'm talking about. So... Yeah, um, I mean, I guess you want to cancel everything and look into every possibility, though. So... Yeah. So, it, well, at this point, it's, like... The very beginning of October, and they're like, until we get this thing under control, nobody does anything. Mm. Police also discovered a note pinned to the Barity home wall with an envelope of money addressed to Ryan. Now, some reports say this was on the front door. Some reports say this was on the inside of the house. Okay. From where he went in to change clothes. But why would it, why would it be there? I'm going to read it to you. Okay. It says, to Ryan, hey... It's Nathan. I murdered two people, and I'm going to turn myself in. I left you some money. P.S. I swear if Eric or his father steals this money, I'll come back and fuck them up. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Wait, so, okay. Well, so now, if this note's... Li- this is a real thing, right? Like, a mm-hmm. real piece of it. This isn't speculation. No, no, no. This was real. So, was he trying to find Ryan to kill him, or was he trying to... Now was he trying to stop him from coming to their house and give him money? Dunno. You know what I mean? I'll let you decide that as we go on. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Following this discovery and the strange visit Nathan paid to the home in the early morning hours, Mrs. Barrity firmly believes that Nathan visited her home that night in search of Ryan, intending to kill him as well if he was indeed the culprit. Few people felt at ease when Nathan Brooks was found sitting in his family's car in nearby Windy Hill Cemetery and arrested. He reportedly asked arresting officers, Did my brother see them? I know I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done it. In one of the first news articles reported about the case, Sheriff Tom McCourt said, Quote, People don't understand. He tried to talk to people. He was a very intelligent man and very well read. There's a thin line between madness and genius. The article also stated that Nathan had planned to visit his priest the next day and had additional plans to murder others. Many believe that Nathan could have had accomplices or other satanic worshippers who would try to strike others who may have been named on the hit list that the police department would not confirm or deny existed. Right. Bel Air Police Chief Bob Wallace said, quote, There is no evidence that this is a hit list. There is no confirmation that this is a coven. We are trying to separate fact from fiction. Yeah. And he made that statement right before the gag order went through. Okay. So he was not supposed to talk about the list at all. He shouldn't oh. have talked about what the satanic stuff at all. That's why all of that's why there's a lot of like alleged speculation mm-hmm. stuff like that right Circuit people conspiracy. immediately okay yeah people okay. immediately panic because like what do you mean because he mentioned a list but it literally could have been like mom dad yeah that's it so although he tried to ease some of the town's fears as rumors circulated the the people were saying the list had over 30 names on it mm. okay like, i don't okay so uh it wasn't until much later that the list contents would be revealed to journalists and therefore to the public One of the resources I use says that they were able to get cooperation with the Belmont County Sheriff's Office to confirm that there are photos of the list that exist in evidence and um, they were able to talk with the Sheriff's Office about what the list said. So I'm going to talk about that and then we'll talk, 
This is I'm much nervous later. that I'm wrong, and this list does have like 30 <laughs> names on it. So I'm going to talk about the list, and then we'll go back to Nathan's arrest. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And I also want to keep in mind that like Ryan saw all of this. Right. Ryan probably saw this list. Eric probably saw it, but we, I mean, we don't know, but he definitely saw way too much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the first names on the list were mother and father. Next to mother, Nathan had written eviscerate and crucify. This leads oh, us that's to believe. What the nails and the hammer were for. Yes. Yeah. So this leads us to believe the nails and the hammer next to Marilyn's body were there to, in fact, crucify her according to Nathan's original plan. Oof. I ne- don't like that. I just. <laughs> Me neither. Next to father was the word decapitate. Okay. Ryan's name was next on the list with the words dismember and decapitate written next to it. Hmm. There was also a pentagram and several sketches of Satan on the page along with times, some of which were marked out. Okay. Following Ryan, there were a few family members followed by several more names. Okay. There's only first names on the list and each of them was, some of them were grouped together, some of them were individual. Probably depending on if it was a family of people. Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah. Um, nobody really dives into, okay, who were these people right, that were right, on the right. list? Because this didn't come out oh, Well, you, you know those people know. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe, because this list wasn't released until years later. Right. So, um, the names on the list were, were as follows. Amber, Lisa, Justin, Jason, Ryan, Dave, Corey, Jill, Mike, Ashley. Next to some of the names were the words molest, skin, dismember, eviscerate. Two names were crossed out and have no times listed next to them. I'm assuming he decided they weren't going to die anymore. Sure. It seems that he had planned to carry out some of these murders, as I said, in groups because Amber and Lisa were listed together, as were Jason, Ryan, and Dave. Well, that's what I'm saying. It was probably if they all lived in the same house sort of thing, he was just going to do it on one swoop. Like he did this parents. Or he planned to, like, kill them all at one time or all in one day. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ashley and one of the scratched out names were also listed together. Okay. So, the list exists. It's not 30 names. It was actually 13. It's still too many. Including his family. Hey. It's way too many. It's way too many. I don't know that. I feel like he started and then he, like, thankfully chickened out Mm -hmm. after what he had done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the next thing I'm going to talk about is his confession. So we'll kind of get... Right. Um, after he was arrested, uh, some some people said, well, he didn't have an attorney present and he didn't have a guardian present and blah, blah, blah. Not true. It was verified that his oldest brother, Jamie, was present for his confession. <laughs> yeah, I know. I would hate to be in that situation. Oh, boy. Howdy. Let's talk, okay, wait, let's talk about this right now. If you go crazy and you kill people, am I, what do, what do I, oh, well, so he's, technically he's his guardian. If his parents are dead and he's under 18, Nathan's under 18, Jamie's his guardian. Oh, send me to jail. Because I'm throwing your ass in jail. <laughs> like, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Like, at that point, if you go crazy and you start killing people, at that point, we're not related anymore. Like, does that make sense? Like, yeah. that you're a terrible person. Like, you're you're going to jail. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow. Yeah, like, 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 legit. At that point, I'll be there if I have to be, but I'm not going to have sympathy. I'm going to be sad about the situation, but I'm not going to be sad about putting your ass in jail. Uh, fair enough. 
So, uh, Jamie, the eldest brother, who was 24 at the time, was present for Nathan's 35-minute confession, mm. along with uh, an attorney and then, like, the authorities. Right. Obviously. So, this confession was recorded uh, with Jamie and a social worker also present. Okay. It was difficult to listen to as he recounted the night's events. Uh, I didn't find the tape recording of this, but I read some articles where they had listened to it. Sure. Um, and read, like... I'm assuming court documents about it. Sure. So, Nathan described... Would that be listed as evidence? So. Yeah. So, this is hard to listen to. Okay. I'm going to apologize in advance. Uh, Nathan described... Listen. She's she's objecting to this. Earmuffs, children. Earmuffs. Okay. <laughs> God. Nathan described waiting for his parents to go to bed, going into their room, and shooting his father three times at point-blank range. He then hit his mother over the head with an axe. And then he cut his father's head off with a hacksaw, which he stated he, quote, needed for a satanic ritual that would make him stronger. After... W- which was what? Putting it in the punch bowl? Like... Mm. Yes. <laughs> Afterwards, he described stabbing his mother repeatedly and said, quote, it wasn't like my mom, like the woman I loved. It was like skin or like a dog. At one point, Nathan stood in front of one of the mirrors and cut himself to see if he was disassociating. He stated that after the murders, he performed a black mass to decide if he should kill more people, but he decided not to. He said that after the killings, he felt more love from Satan and stated it was like, quote, sometimes you talk to the Lord and he answers back. This is how he felt in that moment. No. He said he was full of hate and anger caused by everything except for his mom. He went on to say that Satanism and the books in his room weren't to blame, but he couldn't control his urges to kill as well as he thought. Wait, wait, wait. He was filled with hate and anger because of everything except his mom? Yes, he said that he loved his mom. And one of the reasons he wanted to crucify her was like... Oh, he didn't want to do it, but Satan told him to. So he's trying to do it in the nicest way. Well, he's trying to make her like... Like Like a saint, a martyr. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he also stated he planned to cut his father in half, but, quote, didn't get around to it. But, uh, so he also said that he, this isn't like a direct quote, but basically he had planned to go kill Ryan. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of got freaked out because he realized Ryan wasn't there and he probably already saw his parents. So he left the envelope, the note, and the money mm-hmm. as like a... I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry for what I did. Here's the best I can do now. Yeah. Following his arrest and confession, Nathan was arraigned in juvenile court where where the plea that you put in, you don't really do guilty or not guilty. You do true or false. It's something really weird. Okay. Um, So he pled false to the allegations, although he would later change his plea to that of insanity. I am surprised that they could not try him at as an adult did they so this was a big i can't figure out exactly if they did or not right so a lot of what happened was the gag order stood for so long because the judge said so this included all the court stuff and so nobody really knew right so the the judge said i'm not really we're not releasing anything at all until we decide whether or not to try him as a an adult and then even after that decision was made, and I can't really figure out what it was, mm-hmm. um, he said that, the judge said that um, it was too gruesome to release, like, the photos and some of the other stuff. So not 
there's not a whole lot yeah. that you can find. The case about is it. so awful that he didn't want to put that out in the small town. Well, and also you have to think that's going to terrify the people that were on the list. That's going to put Ryan in a bad spot, mm-hmm. even worse than he was, because people were going to probably come after him in some way. Like, people are terrible. Like, he yeah. had nothing to do with it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And and Jamie, I guess the older brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it makes sense. It's just interesting that, I don't know. I guess everybody knew everybody, so they wanted to keep it hush-hush in a way. Get it done quickly. Yeah. I get him out of there. A, let's get this over with situation. Right. So Nathan was taken to Sargas Juvenile Detention Center until he was brought to trial. He was going to be charged with two charges of aggravated murder and using a firearm in the commission of a felony. I thought there was one more uh, charge, but I can't couldn't find it later, so I'm not entirely sure if that was it or if it there could was more. Been like, oh, I don't know what the charges are, but it could have been like intent to harm. Yeah, yeah, because others. because he. Made a list and was looking for Ryan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So um, I don't know if that's a charge, but something like that. Following his arrest um, and before the entire trial wrapped up, Mm -hmm. there was a fire that was set to the Brooks home as well as an abandoned house or shed where um, when police did their investigation, they also discovered that in this like abandoned structure, uh, Nathan had set up some satanic imagery and pentagrams and wrote the word Lucifer uh, so this building, as well as the porch, front porch of the Brooks home, mm-hmm. was um, covered in gasoline, and they found a trail of it leading out to the yard, and then they were set on fire. So the small structure, I believe, burned down, but the fire department was able to contain the Brooks home fire to their porch. Good. Not good in a way <clears throat> that it should stand, but... Especially if the trial's not over, people have to understand, yeah, it's a terrible situation, you want to get rid of it, but that's evidence. Mm-hmm. Like, that is something that the police can use to convict this person. And yeah. if you get rid of it, and they have to retrial, or they have to go back and look at other evidence, that's gone, and they can't mm-hmm. use that anymore. Yeah. Things got a little messy. Uh, the town was very on on edge, wondering, okay, well now, this to them is, someone's definitely working with Nathan. Um, to set... To catch to set, those things on fire? To catch those things on fire. Um, I don't know. To me, it sounds like somebody's like, this is disgusting. Like, mm-hmm. Which uh, is one thing. Let's forget yeah. about it. Yeah. That's what the, the police uh, yeah. officials were trying to kind of convey. This is mm-hmm. probably that. Sheriff McCourt denied to the media that there had been a break-in to the Brooks Old Residence the day prior to the fires. However, the newspaper sourced neighbors, the police scanner itself, and an unnamed source close to law enforcement saying that the day before this fire, which happened on October 5th, there was a break-in of the Brooks home on October the 6th. This article that was written by the paper states that somebody broke in through the basement window, set up an altar with a chalice with a dark liquid, tapes about satanic rituals, a blue candle that had been melted down, a shell casing from a 22, and a list that was found in the trash can. Many of, ob- many of these objects had been covered in blood. The nearby tool shed had also been broken into and fresh dirt was found on two of the shovels. Some neighbors also reported seeing four people in hoods going in and out of the house before authorities could arrive. 
During this time, Ryan was being escorted everywhere by police, and canine units were called into the football stadium on several occasions due to bomb threats made by kids who were assumed to be associated with Nathan, Nathan previously. Two of Nathan's previous friends were said to have been caught in a local cemetery after dark. Uh, some people thought they had been disturbing a grave, although the kids were reportedly just walking and talking, uh, and the grave had been disturbed and proved to be disturbed a few days prior. However, this caused rumors to fly that satanic worshippers were then digging up graves for ritualistic purposes. It's tough for me because maybe there is satanic worshippers. And if I was in that town at that time when this happened, I'm sure I would believe that too because I am one. I am one to believe in cults. Let me tell you right now. But... I err on the side of caution because people are jackasses. Mm -hmm. People will do things because, who knows, they think it's funny mm -hmm. and they want to freak people out more. Maybe they heard of what he did and wanted to, got interested, which is terrible, but maybe. So they did this. Uh, or maybe it was a cult, but I, I, I'm more on the edge of, like, people are jerks, mm -hmm. and they want to... Get it. Because the only thing, because the, the grave, the people walking in the cemetery and things like that, the only thing that seems like a really big deal is the break-in, but at the same time, you're the neighbors where this horrible crime just happened. Of course you're going to say you saw people in hoods. Like, even if it's me in this hoodie right now with my hood up. They've got they've got hoods on. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're doing Satan. Things. They're going Satan things, which it could have just been kids being stupid mm -hmm. and running amok. Yeah, because they think it's funny. And well, and it's October, and they're probably like, oh, let's go to the house. Let's go to the house and do a seance. Because, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, so who knows um, if it was out of malice or yeah. kids being kids, or we, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, during the trial, Nathan showed absolutely no outward emotion. The jury gasped as his his confession recording was played in front of the entire court, and they heard Nathan laughing as he described the blood spray as he killed his father on the tape. Well, he's, he's has to be, what, sociopath? Well, we'll get into it. Yeah, like yeah. he's got it, mm -hmm. like he's got to be. Um, during the trial, his older brother, Jamie, testified on his behalf, saying he had received a phone call from Nathan that night who sounded as if he wasn't quite himself and his speech was slurred. Jamie also blamed himself during the um, interrogation, saying, uh, maybe I should have seen this. Maybe no. I should have been there for him more. I don't know what I could have done. Nothing. Um, throughout the trial, neither side truly argued whether or not he had actually committed the murders. It was probably more of if he was insane or not. Exactly. Yeah. This was a, a fact that everyone agreed upon. Rather, the question was whether or not he was insane at the time he committed the murders. Right. Right. Three experts were put on the stand who were split on this point. The defense argued that Terry had begun beating Nathan when he was um, really young for being, quote, too soft. A neighbor testified seeing Terry drunk every day, uh, every payday. Jamie, however, denied that his father ever beat his mom because they were saying, well, he was a wife beater. And he said, that's not an appropriate term. He, yeah. He didn't necessarily hit mom, although some people said he did. Okay. The defense also said that um, 
Nathan had conduct disorder, which was proven by his petty crimes and harming of his friends growing up. I don't find this anywhere else. Conduct disorder is what you have problems with, like, acting out in authority and stuff like that. So it's not necessarily just authority because that's, um, oppositional defiant disorder. There we go. If you okay. just, like, don't like being told what to do, right, basically. Right, right. Conduct disorder is you're breaking the law okay. as a child. And you don't see really anything wrong with it. Right. Yes. Okay. So the... They you don't were, understand... This is a bad idea. Yeah, and it's actually, it's classified as a mental disorder. Yeah. Having conduct disorder. The defense also suggested, um, they put a neurologist named Dr. Gavadon, who, I don't know how to spell it because I listened to this part of the, my resource that I got this from. Okay. Was an audio version, so I don't know how to spell it, I apologize. Sure, that's fine. Um, but this neurologist testified in court that they believed Nathan had a paranoid schizophrenia with an olfactory hallucinations, which means he smelled yeah. something sure. that wasn't there, and that the smell was similar to rotting flesh, rotting meat, and roadkill, and that that caused him to really freak out. Well, and it could be like... <sighs> He starts worshiping Satan, and then he smells the smell, and he's like, it's real. Yeah. Like, I smell the smell when Satan's near, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, and who, and who knows? If he really had paranoid schizophrenia, boy howdy. Yeah. So, this doctor also stated that Nathan had uh, an abnormal blood flow pattern in his brain and migraine headaches, likely due to being knocked out once while he was playing football. Okay. Another expert... I don't know what field they were an expert in, but they were called to the stand as an expert witness by the name of John Mason, said after several conversations with Nathan, he believed the boy was still in danger to himself and the public, even after they had tried some degree of therapy Yeah, when he was in the juvenile detention center. Well, at that point, and this is why, this is why I said that J- Jamie couldn't have done anything. At that point, if it really is a brain injury mm-hmm. or something along those lines, you can't really fix it you can help mm-hmm. the symptoms i guess right but like yeah now if he's like paranoid schizophrenia he can be medicated and might right not be but as that's what i'm saying like danger. if it's an actual brain injury mm-hmm. you can't like medication could help i don't know mm-hmm. but that's more for like your chemicals are wrong in your brain not necessarily yeah. like trauma to your brain correct and and it's been shown that um repeated head injuries there's some football players that They've tried to prove in court, you know, they did this because of their head injuries. Right. They became very aggressive. That mm-hmm. can happen. Right, And right. so that's one of the things they were trying to suggest. They also said maybe paranoid schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. This was before, it seems to be before a time when they could actually say, we're diagnosing this 17-year-old with this. Yeah. Um, the experts that were called to the stand said, you know, we gave him some mental assessments, but mm-hmm. they're meant for adults right and technically his brain hasn't matured enough for this to count so we can't actually classify him as right a b or c Mm -hmm. there are child versions of that now ish Mm -hmm. i don't know that any of them like pre-onset paranoid schizophrenia because it's supposed to happen in your 20s right usually well it also could have been a combination of everything too yes most likely right so um Mr. John Mason, the expert who uh, said the therapy wasn't necessarily helping, said he had um, visited Nathan, who told him he had a female friend visiting him at the detention center who would come, like, during visiting hours. Nathan told Mr. Mason that he may be in love with the girl, but he 
Um, also really had a lot of strong thoughts about wanting to kill her. Mm-hmm. Nathan then spent 20 minutes describing exactly how he would murder the girl and how she would definitely like it. The girl was actually in the courtroom when Mr. Mason stated this in front of the jury. And the girl got up and ran out crying. What? She was real? Oh, yes. This was a real girl. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to be like, and it turns out, like, she, she was imaginary. But no, she was real. That's terrifying. That's horrifying, right? So, uh, Mason, by the way, Nathan showed no emotion when this happened. Right. Mason also mentioned that Nathan's end goal was to commit suicide after the, his murder spree and that Satan would bring him back even more powerful. However, it was also argued that Nathan had the foresight to... However, it was argued by the prosecution that Nathan had the foresight to hide the weapons afterwards and could comprehend the wrongfulness of his actions when he told the arresting officers, quote, I shouldn't have done it, Mm -hmm. and that that would lead them to believe he wasn't insane at the time he committed the crime because he was doing things in a... If you were, if you had paranoid schizophrenia, you would be too frantic to be able to... All the time, though? No, but in this episode, you wouldn't just necessarily snap out of it. When they find him, though. Well, he hid the weapons right after he committed Oh, oh, oh right, 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 right. I'm they, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I don't know how I was thinking of when he him. said, like, I shouldn't have done it. Yeah, and I don't know. I think they found him the next, like, either later that morning yeah. or, like, during the day. I don't know. It's tough, though. I don't know how, like, paranoid schizophrenia or hallucinations or anything like that works, but, like, if he was picturing Satan and Satan was telling him to hide the objects, Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that he is sane. Yeah. No, I I agree with you, and I don't know exactly how it works in order to say, but the experts at the time were arguing, like, he hid them immediately. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. yeah. And also, I got you. I got you. We can't technically diagnose him with yeah. this because he doesn't fit the... All of the symptoms that we have. Right. Right. I got mm-hmm. you. So on October the 21st, 1996, a jury of six men and six women took under three hours to deliberate, which they felt was a appropriate amount of time for the verdict that they were going to give. Meaning, like, they were like, we've been here a lot... Like, well, but once again, you have to say, they know he did it. It's yeah. a matter of what he's getting charged mm-hmm. with officially, whether it's insanity, yeah. plea, or not. Yeah. So it's not going to take as long as yeah. the normal. And it was pretty it was pretty cut and dry. I wonder, it, this is just like a side note, I wonder if they got people from not around here. So they had... Um, For the jury. The one resource that I... That I listened to actually was called the compulsion cast which was a podcast that covered this a lot more in detail yeah um i don't know exactly where they got the resources from sure. so i i struggled with like some of the things they were yeah. putting together i don't know if they interviewed people whatever right. but um they had said you know they had x number of men and x number of women lined up and they planned to thoroughly check each of them and yeah. make sure they didn't have too many uh close ties if it's a small yeah. community that's what i'm asking because right don't you normally get called in for jury duty yeah. from where you're from right a conflict of interest yeah yeah and i don't know yeah where just, the trial i thought tidbit. the trial was still held in bel-air but but to me it would make sense to have it elsewhere or yeah or call people in from 
right other from places. other places to be yeah I, I was just curious i mean that really doesn't make a huge difference i guess that's okay so uh it took only three hours or under three hours for the jury to come back with the unanimous verdict of guilty on all charges mm-hmm. now they came back with guilty and the judge who was uh judge knapp k-n-a-p-p said okay well i need to know if it was unanimous or not because this is a big deal it's a 17 year old kid and they're like no we were all unanimous so uh nathan was given the maximum sentence allowed in ohio for the crimes he committed and i don't know whether or not this is being tried as a minor or not right but he was given 43 years in prison before being eligible for parole in 2038 he'll be like in his 60s at this time right and that's eligible for parole that doesn't necessarily mean that he's getting out right i was like Yeah. (laughs) So Judge Knapp told the jury, quote, we know it wasn't an easy task, but for whatever it's worth, the court agrees with your verdict. City Councilwoman Bennett, uh, Luann Bennett, who we talked about previously, stated that everyone in the town watched for the news of the trial every day because they wanted to know whether the list was real and what to look out for if there were more folks involved. She stated that, quote, no one was surprised with the results of the trial. If, 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 if the list, well, the list was real. We figured that out. Mm -hmm. But if there was a satanic cult and the police found evidence of this, Mm -hmm. like as a townsperson, I guess you're waiting in anticipation. But after a while, it's like they would have said something like they would or there would have been more arrests or, you know, whatever. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, following the trial, there were a lot, well, during and following the trial, there were a lot of town meetings which taught the community about satanic worship, what it was and was not, and that it can happen anywhere, anytime. However, many disputed whether this was the actual motivation behind Nathan's actions. So, they were basically meeting saying, listen, people, this is what satanic worship is. This is how it normally happens. Yeah. We can't say that that's what this was or was not. I don't know. It's... Everything in this story is so tough for me because I wasn't there, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like that wasn't a great decision because then people are going to be like, well, you say it's not, but this just happened. Mm-hmm. So it has to be satanic yeah. worship. I'm going to go tell Mary, who's going to tell Steve, yeah. that there's a cult in town. Like, yeah. I, mean, I feel like it's just adding fuel to the fire yeah. of satanic worship. And I think it was it was more an effort to try and get people to say... Okay, you don't know anything about it, so let's talk about what it is. Yeah. And how we'll this answer is not, your questions yeah. as best we can without giving out details of the yeah. investigation. I don't know. I just feel like that could make it worse. <laughs> now, although these meetings were held, many people did dispute whether this was the motivation for Nathan's crimes. Some people believe that it was simply a grab for an a- for attention by the 17-year-old. Some reports later surfaced that he told one of his friends, quote, Watch, I'll be famous by Saturday. Or, in some places, just, quote, just wait until I'm famous. Other articles in newspapers reported that Nathan jokingly told people that he wanted to kill his parents multiple times. And nobody took him seriously. Yeah, a couple things. That's not a joke, so don't be saying that or I'll Mm -hmm. be calling the cops. Yeah, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. No. But also, like, I don't know, there's... There's clearly something going on in his head mm-hmm. that is not right. Mm-hmm. Whether that was severe enough to cause him to do this or he wanted to be famous, I don't know. I personally am on the side of maybe it was a combination of all of it. 
and he wanted to be famous, so, like, Satan would approve of him kind mm-hmm. of thing. I don't think it would have just been, oh, I'm going to be famous. Watch. Like, I just don't think that mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think any of it makes sense No, at all. I mean, no, 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 but... So rumors continue to swirl afterwards as to why Nathan might have committed these crimes. Some would say that Terry Brooks was the raging alcoholic who was abusive to Marilyn and the children. Others disagreed. One report I found, um, which was actually that the other podcast that I listened to, said that uh, Marilyn's sister agreed with the allegations that Terry was abusive and an alcoholic and said that she hadn't spoken to her sister in several years due to Terry's dislike of her and his problems with alcohol consumption. Even others uh, claimed that Terry was extremely focused on the boys doing well in school and that the pressure of this may have gotten to Nathan. Mrs. Barrity, Eric's mother, said in an interview that Ryan never mentioned issues at home, but she believed that he came to visit Eric often due to the tension between Nathan and himself and the jealousy Nathan had for Ryan being more popular of the two brothers. Right, right, right. Regardless of his reasoning for the crimes, which we may never know, yeah, uh, the night of September 30th shook the people of Bel Air to their very core. Reverend McFoster, who was a reverend in the area at the time, said, We've got teenagers sleeping with their parents, adults who won't go out after dark, parents who never leave their children, pastors visiting folks they don't even see in church, people having guns out and they're loaded. I've never seen fear overcome a community like this. The mayor at the time, Tony Esposito, agreed to suspend the trick-or-treat in 1995 and sponsor a supervised gathering in on October 31st for children to attend with a costume parade and treats for kids. It was such a hit that it continued for many years, and I think it still happens. Nice. I don't know about now. Yeah. But it happened for a long time. Uh, they also had... Um, for many years after that. So the next year they allowed trick or treat. Mm-hmm. But there were policemen and um, firemen who volunteered to be out on the streets. Like on the routes that people trick or treated on. Right. Yeah. Just to kind of supervise. And make sure the kids didn't do anything dumb. Reverend Joe Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E, a pastor of Belmont Presbyterian, had stated in an interview that, quote, many Christians welcome a chance to back away from the holiday of Halloween and the problem is that kids look for other meanings in it. Now, I personally don't know why he felt the need to propagate the idea that Halloween was a big and evil thing when this didn't even happen on Halloween. It happened in September. I know. (laughs) It happened in September. Okay, I I just want to say this really quick because we talked about, I mean, my last episode was about trick-or-treating, so if you guys didn't listen to that, it was about how trick-or-treating has gotten a bad stigma essentially Mm -hmm. because of crimes that have happened near the holiday of halloween i in my mind and tell me if i'm crazy because i could be i feel like it's more dangerous for a person who has a hit list of people that they want to murder if you're thinking that a satanic group is going to continue this murder spree Instead of having trick-or-treating, they're going to have everybody come to one building. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't, I personally do not associate, oh, there's a satanic group. Well, they're going to kill people who are trick-or-treating. Like, I don't get that connection. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I'm sure there was terror at the time. And, like, I totally understand that decision that was made. But in my mind, it just, 
I cannot connect the dots to get to that decision. I don't get it either. <laughs> because it's like, uh, like hurting all the animals to slaughter. Like, well, yeah, you're you know what I mean? In one place. Like, and if you're going to cancel trick or treating, then like, but, but you're going to have people go to school? Like, like, you're going to have people go to these football games where obviously people are staying out till ungodly hours, Eric and Ryan. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. never know what happens during that time. But trick-or-treating, like, that's just my thoughts on that part of your story. Bet you they didn't cancel football. Oh, no, absolutely uh, not. I don't know if they did or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, you'll like this guy. His name's James Farley, F-A-R-R-E-L-L-Y, a, U- a University of Dayton professor who studies literature of the occult. He cautioned against making connections between Satanism and Halloween, saying, quote, I suppose you can argue that it was a pagan ritual, but the way Americans celebrate Halloween has nothing to do with good and evil. No. You go around getting candy. What does that mean? The only, like, it's trick or treat and you want to get scared because it's fun. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, I don't dress up as an anime volleyball character because I'm worshiping the devil. I do it because it's fun. (laughs) Oh, I was dressing up as Cruella de Vil this year to worship the devil. Is that not what we were? Oh, whoops. Is that not what the party's for? Was that what the invitation said? I I read it wrong. You didn't read uh, Joy Be to Satan on that invitation? Asterisk, 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 please bring your own black candle. Blue. This one was blue. Blue candle, I'm so sorry. Man, if they're using blue candles, we must have been doing it wrong. (laughs) All of ours are pink. Sorry, I just went on a little rant there because, I don't know. Halloween's my favorite holiday, so I get very defensive about it. I couldn't tell. (laughs) (laughs) The mailman who once worked with Terry Brooks came together and were able to collect a college fund for Ryan, who moved to Columbus to live with his brother Jamie. The mailman would come to the football games and take up collections each week to put together for him. Yes. That's really nice. This is amazing. I hope he's doing well. I don't know. Yeah. Um, a lot of things that you read will be like, leave Ryan and Jamie alone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm not going to go searching for them. I'm, no. I just hope they're doing well wherever they are. Yeah. Um, Nathan is currently housed in the London, Ohio Correctional Facility, and he did try to appeal the case, but no coverage of this was put in the newspapers because it didn't go through. And I don't know, um, some of the things that I, that I looked at were very much like, at the time, even if he was a paranoid schizophrenic, nobody would have really known how to treat him well, treat him in a effective manner. To help him. So, uh, I know what he did was really terrible, but I hope that if that was the case, that he has gotten some help and he is, like, medicated in a way that he's... That's, I'm sorry, that's what I was saying before. I may have come across wrong. If it was just a mental illness and he could get therapy and medication, I hope that's the thing. I was just saying, if it was a traumatic brain injury that they cannot reverse, Mm -hmm. that is something different that, like, you can't fix that. Like, you can't, if your brain is, like, if half your brain is dead... Mm-hmm. You can't fix that with yeah. medication. So usually your your frontal lobe or the front part of your brain is the uh, part of your brain that controls, 
like compulsive things yeah or whether or not you would quote unquote act appropriately in public right so like aggression uh, not necessarily even aggression but like not acting like a jerk yeah. Kind of ha- is housed up there. That's yeah. the simplest way I can put it. And that's where, you know, in football a lot of times, in other sports, that's what you're right. hitting. Yeah. So if that's the part of your brain being injured, then you end up with a lot of these, um, like, literal personality changes. Right. Because it's housed in that front part of your right. brain. Right, and that's what I'm saying. And you can't fi- fix that. I mean, maybe brain surgery. I don't know. But I don't think there's a medication that can... I don't know how they treat it. Right. And, like, and I, don't, I know. don't know. I know it's being studied more. Yeah. And, like, concussion protocols are right, way better. Right, right. But at the time, especially, there's... Yeah, this was 1995. Yeah. You were not born. Nope. Nope. Take another year. I was a wee bib. I was a wee bib. I, I do want to say, you know, thank you to Kyle uh, before we, you know, talk about it further. Like, thank you to Kyle for yep. for suggesting this topic. Um, I knew that, you know, that they grew up in the area, so they are familiar with the area. Mm-hmm. Uh I thank you to this podcast, this other podcast who did such a deep dive on it because all everything that I found was from like newspaper clippings. Yeah, and we will put we'll put that name of the podcast in our Mm -hmm. resources. So I want to listen to it now. So yeah, (laughs) so I'm gonna definitely check it out. No, and also I wanted to mention thank you to Jeremy, which you know who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I have heard part of this story before. Mm -hmm. Because we were on a track trip, and I was with Fallon, and it was, I don't i don't know. We got on the topic of spooky things, mm-hmm. and one of our coaches live, is from the area, and he goes, well, you guys ever heard about the, the, the murder that took place in Bel Air? And Fallon is, like, from Bel Air, mm-hmm. or Bridgeport. Let's and I was call like, it what it is. The people of the area call it the punch bowl murder. The punch bowl mur- murder. Yeah, he said something like that. Which, I-, I thought he mentioned football in there, too, so I can't yeah. remember. Uh, it, it, if, if you look it up, here's the problem. Yeah. If you look it up, if you look up Nathan Brooks murders, yeah, there was a, another Nathan Brooks who murdered people in Australia oh. in the same time-ish So you frame. get both. So you get more of the other one. Yeah. Um, so this one you have to t- specifically type in Bel Air, Ohio, yeah, yeah. and in some places you have to type in Punch Bowl, but yeah. again, there's not a lot on it. Yeah. And I don't know Well, they know kept it such because... hush-hush because he's underage. Right. And because he still has living relatives, like, mm-hmm. uh, I know, but I'm sure the town did not want to harm Ryan and Jamie any more than this already took from Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's tough. But yeah, he told us the sto- vaguely the story of like there was a murder and the head was in the punch bowl. But I'm pretty sure the stories that I've heard of it, it was like on Halloween or mm-hmm. there was a Halloween party or something like that. Right. So that's how I had heard it yeah. before too was that it was found there after a Halloween party, but yeah. I couldn't find that in my research. Well, I'm sure, because trick-or-treating got canceled, I'm sure everybody, Santana cults, mm-hmm. Halloween in general was probably canceled by a lot of people, so I'm sure over the years it's got more and more pushed back, so mm-hmm. it was like, oh, it happened on Halloween, that's why we yeah. are wary about Halloween kind and of thing. And they had a huge impact on how Bel Air celebrates yeah. Halloween. Like, it's, they yeah. still, um, uh, one of the newspaper articles I read said, you know, these people, it was such a small town, 
they used to let their kids go door to door by themselves and trick or treat. Never again after this. Yeah. They were always supervised. Well, you shouldn't really do that anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, Three year old Timmy, make it back by nine. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy, if you get lost. I'm going to be the parent that, like, I don't want you to wake me up at 3 a.m. if you're, like, 16, 17, unless it's an emergency. But also, like, if you're going trick-or-treating and you don't want to be associated with me, that's fine. You can go door-to-door. But I'm going to be in my car, slowly driving behind you, making sure that nothing goes down. In my, like, Halloween Town mask. Yeah. Freddy Krueger get up. Oh, it's going to be embarrassing for sure. Everybody's going to know <laughs> who I am. How would they know? They're not going to know. Is it going to be the the bumper stickers and stickers all over your car that like clearly indicate who you are? Like, yeah, absolutely. I love anime and cats. I'm going to do it so many years in a row that everybody's going to be like, Jesus. And then eventually everybody's going to be like, oh my God, where is she? Like she always decorates her car for Halloween. I was going to say something else that was actually important. Give me a minute. Oh, there's uh, some TikToks of, you know, I think as soon as September started, this woman gets furious because she'll pull up to places and her husband is dressed up in the blue overall jumpsuit with the Halloween mask and just walking around. Um, he stood on, like, this building had, like, an overlook, and he just stood on it one day and was looking at cars that were passing by. No, 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 there was this one. This one is gonna be me. I literally just described it. This lady is in her car, right, at the school, and she goes, y'all see this? Went to pick up my kids, but guess what? Couldn't find my tag to pick them up, because I think you have to, like, have a special, like, these are my kids. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. This is my car, whatever. And she goes, look at this man. And pans over, and it's a guy, the dad, dressed up in that exact outfit in a gator that has, like, spooky across the front or something like that. And she's like, look at this man. He's going to pick up our son. My son's going to be furious. <laughs> I was like, that's me. It's probably the same lady. Yes. At one point, he's, like, just yes. walking down the streets, just, like, whatever. And she yeah. drives by. She's like, what are you doing? Go home. Or um, I think he was driving a lawnmower the one day. And it's just, like... I aspire to be yeah. that person. And that's why I can't, that's why I get so frustrated. I love Halloween and like people dressing up and being spooky, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. So it's so disheartening when things like this happen, mm-hmm. but it's associated with Halloween. It's just disheartening in general though, because it it's a terrible earlier. story. It was a yeah. whole month earlier. Yeah. A whole, a whole month. A whole month. If it happened another night month. of a football game, a it should have canceled all the football a games. Whole a whole, a whole. I get it. I got it. Winnie, it was a terrible tragedy. People were scared. I'm not saying I'm not. <laughs> I was scared writing this. Listen, I started I this story and I was like, this. I started writing this story and I was like, oh, it's fine. Oh, oh, it's okay. Oh, it's still fine. Okay. I'm a little freaked out. Yeah. I don't want to read this anymore. Had to take a break. Had a breakdown. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. <laughs> yeah, I was when you were telling it, I was like, okay, I've heard this part, headed the punch mm-hmm. bowl, got it. This is terrifying. And then when you described the mom and how he was like, Well, there were nails and a hammer, and I was like, Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. This is no. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Gave me goose pimples. Thank you for telling the story. I hope you mm. Not enjoyed it. I don't think. I'm absolutely not going to be able to sleep as snug as a bug at a rug. Thank you. I don't trust anyone. And I'm looking at you. 
<laughs> I don't trust anybody. <laughs> can't trust anybody. I trust that John Cena cardboard cutout. Unless it's dark and I walk into the room and forget he's there, you know? <laughs> I don't trust anyone. Does the fact that he's dressed up this in a Hawaiian me... lay and a hula skirt help at all? No. Not particularly. This sounds terrible, but stories like this make me... I feel like I'm a slightly paranoid person anyway of, like, our neighbors. But stories like this, I'm like, I don't trust anybody. I don't trust them. I don't see them ever. But now, if I hear one little peep... I'm going to be eyes eyes open, ears open, leaning against the wall. What's going on in there? Yeah. Knock, knock. One little peep. Like the repeated thud. Thud. <laughs> the thud. Thud that woke me up this morning when your cat was repeatedly slamming herself into the closet door because she knocked she knocked a hair tie under there herself i just want to say couldn't get to it to play with it and when i told you hey if you hear that thudding don't worry it's just your cat you said huh i didn't hear anything i think i said and i quote oh i didn't hear anything good things nobody was breaking in (laughs) with that um, if you guys want to check out Winnie's resources, um, go to our website, bugitarug.podbean.com. We will list that podcast that she listened to. So if you guys want more details on this, please check them out. Um, if you want any pictures, I'm assuming we'll grab some if we can. I don't know what's There's... wrapped up in the case and what's not. I have some pictures of newspaper articles. Um, anyway, pictures will be on Facebook, which is just Bug and a Rug. Um, our Instagram and Twitter are at BII or podcast. If you have any, 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 any stories that you would like us to cover, please email us or DM us. Our email is podcast at gmail.com. We will also send you stickers if you want. Final thoughts and just words. Um, I, my heart goes out to all of those who were affected by this. It was a terrible, terrible tragedy and it's horrifying to listen to. And so I hope that ryan and jamie and all other family members and friends and neighbors and the whole the community as a whole will will probably forever be changed but hopefully they have come to a place where they feel safe yeah ish yeah absolutely because i think that that's you know can't erase what happened but hopefully they can move on in a in a peaceful way exactly exactly all right well thank you so much for the story no problem thanks for listening Um, no problem uh, we'll see you guys next week's Halloween, baby. Here we go, baby. All right, signing off. I'm Caitlin. I'm Whitney. Bye. Sleep tight.